play it safe? Nah. You gotta fight for your right. We don't abide by your rules. Sometimes it's okay to get unruly. This is Over the Line on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Football, football, football. It's almost here, babies. Packers get the roster from 80 to 53 men. Badgers coming up on Saturday against Illinois State. It's going to be a real a doozy. I mean, we're already in college football. Week zero already happened. Week one uh, happening starting on Saturday with your Wisconsin Badgers. If you want to get a little Packer taste, you got yourself the huddle with Bill Michaels tonight, six to eight. I'll be manning that. Uh, Bill doing his thing. I don't know who his guest is going to be, but you can uh, figure it out when you listen to the Billy Mike show as uh, the network crushing on everyone around here. Uh, but speaking of crushing, some hopes and dreams crushed by people of the Green Bay Packers. 80 to 53 men uh, will dive right into it, looking at some uh, interesting takeaways, something we weren't sure was going to happen or not. Uh, only two running backs, that would be Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon making the roster. Everyone else was cut. And then you look at the wide receivers, something that Mike McCarthy occasionally would do, and uh, I didn't know if Matt LaFleur would or not because I think he always kept six, but they have seven wide receivers, Samari Toure making it uh, over Jawan Winfrey, who was a surprise cut yesterday. Also, all 11 of the Green Bay's draft picks made the roster. Uh, that include defensive lineman Jonathan Ford, who many did not have uh, for some of their projections, and Mason Crosby, who did not participate in any of the training camp because of a knee surgery this offseason. He uh, he got activated at the PUP list after their kicker, Ramiz Ahmed, was among the cuts. So what do you think, Rowdy? What's the more surprise, seven wide receivers or two running backs? I'm going to go with two running backs just because we know that the Green Bay Packers like to run the football, and they've made that a big, big thing. Like Instead of just pounding on a desk and saying, we're going to run the damn ball, Matt LaFleur has actually done it and yeah, done it quite a bit. And they want to move the 50%, 50-50 pass carry. And um, the receiver thing, it's not super surprising. We've seen that uh, over the years with Brian Gutekunst, they like to keep six. But we know that contractually, the Green Bay Packers didn't have a ton of guys that were going to be around after next season, especially if they would have stayed with a lot of the the older guys that were on the roster. So I think that makes sense. And there were projections where the roster had anywhere from six to eight receivers. So it looks like it fell right in the middle. Yeah, eight receivers. Uh, yeah, the Packers, um, a little, I was a little surprised that Joe Winfrey was jettisoned from this team over a Samari Touri, but Samari Touri was looking pretty good, especially in that final preseason game. And the Packers and Matt LaFleur liked him. Uh, I was looking here at Bleacher Report talking about the biggest takeaways from every NFL team's final roster. I'd, I think this kind of goes to show that uh, who's ever wrote, wrote this article didn't really look too much into it. Uh, they were just kind of bemoaning uh, the fact that in, and this is funny to me, they're talking about the second pick, second round pick in Christian Watson because, you know, he had some time off with a knee or a little knee scope or whatever. And then they say in early May, in early May, it was reported that the uh, that he had a lot of drops. His hands have been questionable. I don't think there's been a practice where he hasn't had at least one drop. That was like literally the only thing they were saying about why the Packers would keep seven wide receivers. They they, they weren't trusting Christian Watson and him getting off the map right or uh, the page right away. 
and blowing people off the map here uh, for the Green Bay Packers. And that's something we've talked about, too, uh, even after the draft, that R- Romeo Dobbs probably going to be the guy that's jumping off the page right away. And hell, we saw that in uh, just about every preseason game. And Christian Watson was going to be just, you know, uh, a little, I wouldn't say a late bloomer, but maybe a late bloomer as, you know, it's just a product of where he's came from, North Dakota State. And then who gives a crap if he at least one drop in practice in early May? I don't I don't really understand this. And then, Rowdy, I heard someone calling in yesterday, I uh, forget exactly what show it was, saying that Sammy Watkins should be cut because uh, then they compared it to Keston Hira and Garrett Mitchell the night before for the Milwaukee Brewers coming up, and that Sammy Watkins, just because he's a veteran, doesn't mean he's good. I'm pretty sure Sammy Watkins got the nod when he sat out the first regular season game. I think you had alluded to that too, right? It only makes sense. Why would you, if you were going to take looks at a player that you had question marks, <laughs> why wouldn't you play him in preseason? Yeah, so some of these people, uh, these big J's that write for some of these entities, I, I know they are covering or painting with broad brushes, but sometimes the stuff they write is just so absurd. And then you wonder why they won't, you won't pay for your, their subscription. <laughs> yeah, like I'm never going to pay for a subscription when I have to... You know, see stuff like this. And then uh, also, we didn't talk about it yesterday. Maybe we did very briefly. Uh, but uh, LaVisca Chenault Jr., the wide receiver, um, he apparently, before being traded to the Panthers, the Green Bay Packers were inquiring about LaVisca Chenault to come to the green and gold. Did you? I, I know you saw it, Rowdy. Doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, Ryan Gutekunst. He was one of the guys Goody liked in the draft process. And when Gutekunst was hired for the Green Bay Packers, he did say that he wanted to be in every conversation uh, when it comes to picking up the phone and seeing if uh, the Green Bay Packers could be made better from a wide receiver. Now, it doesn't mean he's going to pull the trigger. He's just going to be in every conversation. Maybe that would be just leaving a voicemail and saying, hey, it's Brian, just wondering what's going on. What's up with the viscous Chenault? All right, see ya. But yeah, uh, read a little more here. So it's set for the Green Bay Packers on the wide receiver front. We'll get more into that. Uh, But... All right, so uh, who was the running back that was put on the pup list uh, right away um, in the preseason? They have one they put on the pup. Kylan Hill? Yeah, Kylan Hill. So after four weeks, Kylan Hill will be ready to return. No Tyler Goodson, no Patrick Taylor. Were you surprised by either of those guys not making the team? And also with seven wide receivers, do you think eventually after four weeks uh, they'll see who uh, trial by fire can look good and maybe cut one of those guys and bring back Kylan Hill from the pup? Yeah, I think they're hoping that clearly – some of either Goodson, Taylor, or both clear waivers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's that as well, clearing waivers and getting on the practice squad. So, yeah, uh, the Packers definitely having some fingers crossed for that. Um, when you look at this, though, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon only backs, and they say, let's see, possible and probably likely that they will add another back at some point during the season, whether that be off the practice squad, if those guys do clear waivers or going and getting someone. I don't know. It's just just bizarre to me. Well, not bizarre, but you know, Matt LaFord just going to Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, uh, just two running backs. I don't does, – does that not surprise you, like shock you? A little bit. Just just because, like I said, th- if they're going to run the football roughly 50% of the time, that's going to be a lot of carries for those two. And not having anyone behind them, a little sketchy. A little sketchy in the NFL where you know that – Injuries are a real thing. And in a sport like football where injuries are a real thing. So clearly we could play one football game and Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon both might go down. (laughs) They could. I mean, running backs do it. Like we all know this about running backs. Your shelf life in the NFL is very short. 
Um, because you are just getting, it's like you are the, sometimes you're the hammer, sometimes you're the nail. Either way, you're getting beat up. And that's what's happening to a running back just about every play. So A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones, obviously Danny Etling, he was jettisoned from the team. Danny Etling is gone. It's just Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, obviously. I think there's no surprise right there. Uh, tight ends, you have yourselves. Robert Tunyon still coming off uh, that ACL injury. Mercedes Lewis, who is the old man of the group. Josiah DeGuara, who leave the uh, you know, sour taste in your mouth in that Niners game, dropping that pass. And then Tyler Davis. I'm a little surprised they didn't get rid of Tyler Davis, but I guess with uh, Robert Tunyon with the ACL injury, I can see that. Well, there's a lot of other options there. The only reason why Tyler Davis is on this team is because they still see a ceiling. If they if they didn't see that type of a ceiling on him athletic-wise, his ass isn't on this team. He did not play well in preseason. Yeah, his ass would be grass. Our guy Sportspat says your third running back could be Amari Rodgers. <laughs> yeah, let's hope he doesn't fumble it or do something stupid. Offensive line, obviously David Bakhtiari. You hope he's uh, ready to go some point this season as he's back practicing, but individual drills. You have Jake Hansen, Elton Jenkins, Josh Myers, Royce Newman, Yash Nyman, Sean Ryan, John Runyon Jr., Zach Tom, and Rashid Walker. So there's your offensive line. You got ten of them. Uh, looking at the defensive side of the ball, your D lines. You got Kenny Clark, Jonathan Ford, Dean Lowry, Jaron Reed, T.J. Slayton, and Devontae Wyatt. That's six. Uh, outside linebackers, you have yourselves Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, Jonathan Garvin, and then here's the two names I struggle with: Tippa Galalea and J.J. and Nugba. Enigbari? Did I, I think it's right? Nali-I. Nali? Oh, yeah, you're right. Because it's the... The G is silent. Tip and of Ali-I. Enigbari? JJ Enigbari? I think we got it. <laughs> so there's your outside linebackers. Uh, you have five of them. And then your inside linebackers, you have Chris Barnes, Devondre Campbell, Isaiah McDuffie, Quay Walker, uh, you know the draft pick. And then safeties, you're sitting at five. You got Abernathy, Adrian Amos, Tariq Carpenter, uh, Dale and, uh, is it leave it? And then Darnell Savage. And then cornerbacks, you're set with five. Jair Alexander, Rasul Douglas, Shamar Jean Charles, Keyshawn Nixon, uh, Nixon, excuse me, and Eric Stokes. And then not too much going on with the specialist route. You just got Mason Crosby, Pat O'Donnell, and the long snapper, Jack Coco. <laughs> yeah, I think it, Jack Coco. it's a little surprising at corner because when you look at corner this year versus last year, the depth really isn't there. Read off the names at corner again. Uh, Jair? Yep. So, so clearly one of the best is, corners yeah. in the league when healthy. Rasul Douglas? And we saw what he could do last year, hoping he can uh, come back and do it again. Hopefully he's on a one-hit wonder. Shamir John, John Charles? Back end of your corners. Keyshawn Nixon? Another back end. But that's a guy that didn't play a ton of corner or in the secondary much in, in Vegas. He was... Is that the guy that Snoop was on Snoop Dogg's show or whatever? No, it's Snoop Dogg's real nephew. Oh, that's his real nephew. Uh, but he's a guy that didn't play a ton on the back end there. He was more of a special team guy. He was a special team specialist. And we we saw Gene Charles when he played. He got burned quite a bit. And then there's Eric Stokes, who is good at what he does. Yeah, so once you get through that top three with Green Bay this year with those uh, – corners it gets a little sketchy yeah it's so we'll see there and then uh, yeah again like I said this is kind of a surprise too that every single one of the Packers 11 draft picks and including their four uh, seventh round picks made the roster made the final team that's you don't always see that that's pretty crazy I think the the one that's the biggest 
wow is the fact that Toure made the team. I know, over Winfrey? Well, one, because there was a lot of bodies and he was a seventh-round pick, not just specifically Winfrey, but just in general, you look at all the other ones, like Rashid uh, Walker, the tackle out of Penn State. Yeah, He's a guy that was seen as somebody that was going to be drafted a lot higher than seventh round, and he fell to seventh round because of some question marks on a few different things. But, like, he played well in the preseason, and offensive line is one spot where you have to be good. Like yeah, You I'm, can get away with not having good receivers or good running backs if you have good, you know, opposite of that. Sure. But you can't get away with having a crap line. Yeah, no. I mean, crap line and you're doomed. I mean, we saw the Chicago Bears that happened to them last year. I mean, they had a terrible line. Look what happened. Awful. So, uh, the seven wide receivers are the biggest surprise. I guess Jawan Winfrey being jettisoned after Aaron Rodgers giving him a lot of compliments in the season was a big surprise. Uh, the fact that Samari Toure, because we were talking about Samari Toure, it's like there's an outside guy looking in. Um, seven wide receivers, though. Wasn't really expecting that, but here we are. So the Packers, they, they got it set. Now it's time. Uh, it's go time as we're, what, uh, 11 days away now from the start of the season. Absolutely crazy for the Green Bay Packers. For the Packers, we'll get back to the Badgers here. Uh, coming up, but the Packers have cut down the roster to 53 men. Well, we were talking about surprises on it. I don't know. Uh, you know, there's all, all the 11 draft picks made it. That's kind of a surprise. The other surprise, they're only keeping two running backs. That's Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon as Tyler Goodson and Patrick Taylor were sent packing. And then the team ended up keeping seven wide receivers with Samari Toure beating out Jawan Winfrey for that final spot. Is there anything else that was really surprised you? I mean, not, I don't know anything else stood out, stood out for me. I was just the question is now is like Lafleur who wants to run the ball half the time. What are you going to do with you know two running backs? So I guess you look at Amari Rogers, who is a wide receiver. He could yeah, be running ex- back three. That experiment went really well for the Packers in the past. Like, uh, um, what a time Montgomery. Montgomery. No, but uh, yeah. Also, remember Randall Cobb has some experience. Obviously, at Kentucky, he did. What he played receiver, running a back, ago. a little bit of quarterback, you know, kick and punt return. Yeah, but we've even seen him in his later years with the Packers take a carrier too. Now I don't think that's going to be their exclusive plan. But yes, him and Amari Rogers, if in, if in a bind, could you see them being the third down back where they run out and and you know catch the ball? Yeah, but I don't think you're going to see that at all. It's the top two. Kylan Hill starts on the pup list. He should be back, you would think, week four. But I, I do think that they're hoping that either Goodson and or Patrick clear waivers so that they can easily grab one, if not both, and throw them on the practice squad. Remember, since COVID in 2020, the practice squad went from like six, seven players up to 16. Yeah. So you get you get a quite a bit more spots to stash players. But yeah, other than that, I really wasn't surprised with Jawan Winfrey being cut over Samari Toure. Um, I just was because Rodgers gave him like a little wink, wink and a nod and some compliments. That's the only reason you why. knew that they were going to keep a lot of guys on the offensive line because they had a lot of guys that were inexperienced and that showed that they had some talent that, and overall they're pretty young. I mean, you, you take away Bakhtiari of the world. All those guys are on their first contracts. Yeah. I saw this little wrinkle about Amari Rogers too, about being possibly RB three because we've had you know, Grant Bills of Lisco Sports Show was talking about that. We had our guy Sportspat texting earlier today talking about that. Amari Rogers bulked up a little bit last year, 
to play running back if teams wanted him. Uh, they say it robbed him some of his explosiveness to actually earn snaps anywhere other than, you know, kick return, punt return. So what did he do this year, Rowdy? Remember when we were talking offseason how Amari Rodgers lost all this weight to get his juice back? And they're talking about how he's been he's cut, best shape he's ever been in his entire life. And now they the scuttlebutt might be to have him play running back again. <laughs> like, here's the thing, though. You can gain weight faster than you can lose the weight. So all you got to do is get on that Eddie Lacy diet. I guess if you're Amari Rodgers. Not, not the full diet, just but a I mean, little yeah, taste I mean, of it. Overall, you're not the surprise one at, I guess, just going through. You're not surprised about quarterback. No. Running back, you understand what they're trying to do. Tight end, okay. You had your top three tight ends and then a bunch of crap. Hmm. Well, really, the tight end position is crap in general when Mercedes Lewis is your best tight end and he's nearing 40. Mm-hmm. But we knew that Tunyon is is coming off. And yes, I said Mercedes Lewis is your best because Tunyon's coming off of an injury. Yep, yep. But you know he's coming off of an injury. Mercedes Lewis is what he is. DeGuara's outside of the first few games of his rookie season before he tore his knee up. It's been disappointing. Tyler Davis for all of the ceiling talk and athletic ability and everything after DeGuara, it was a lot of, well, do you like this guy? Uh, not really. Well, this guy's kind of athletic, but he fumbles. Uh, yeah. Tight end was kind of is what it is. We talked about the receivers, the offensive line. We just mentioned it again. A lot of young inexperienced talent. Not a lot of guys on their second contract. It's only Bakhtiari. A lot of young dudes. Defensive line. I think you look at it. There was a lot of guys that were worthy of making the roster at defensive line. They might have had like eight or nine guys on the defensive line that were worthy of making an NFL team. Unfortunately, he can't keep that many. Yeah, I, I would say maybe I'm surprised that Jonathan Ford made it over like a Jack Heflin or a Chris Slayton, two guys that seemed like they outperformed Jonathan Ford, but Jonathan Ford is built a little differently than them. He's the monster in the middle that's going to eat up blocks. Those guys aren't 340 pounds, even though they're not small. Yeah. Um. Yeah, linebacker. We knew that Ty Summers was the odd man out at inside linebacker. I don't think there's really any surprises at the edge position. And, and then cornerback was just a little thin, right? Like on the defense side of the ball? Yeah, I guess uh, Abernathy was the guy that was a undrafted free agent that played in the USFL that all of a sudden was a tryout guy. Maybe he could make the end of the roster or practice squad, and now he officially made the roster. Yeah. I would say maybe out of all of those, the the because Levitt's a guy that's a big special teamer. Uh, Nixon's a guy that's a big special teamer. That's probably why they kept them over some of the others. But at that point, it's like you're splitting hairs. It's like okay, well, this guy he's really good on special teams. Maybe he's not quite as good in the secondary, but he's so much better on special teams. Our special teams are awful. We're going to go with that. It, like Once you got yeah. to your fourth, yeah. fifth corner or your fourth, fifth safety, you were splitting hairs about who was better. I think out of all of them, maybe Tariq Carpenter, just because he was injured, he was a later round pick, and he didn't seem to put much on tape. Maybe that's a surprise. Sure. But overall, I think you knew that the guys that were on the edge – got cut and you could understand some of the moves that they're doing. Yeah. I have no real issue with no, the there's roster. No, issue. there's no issue. 
little snippet from CBS Sports on the Chicago Bears. Justin Fields still has an ugly wide receivers core behind Darnell Mooney, and Chicago keeping seven on the 53-man roster proves it. With Velas Jones Jr., Byron Pringle, and Nikhil Harry, none of them overly encouraging on their own, all banged up and candidates to hit the IR. Yeah, so Darnell Mooney, great pick. Love that guy coming out of Tulane. Well, he was, what, a fourth, fifth-round pick, and he played really well as a rookie last year. But then, like you said, Byron Pringle, we're talking about, like, the fourth receiver at best for the Kansas City Chiefs last year. Velas Jones is a rookie out of Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And then uh, what was the other one? Uh, Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry, former first-round pick from the Patriots that, one, hasn't been able to stay healthy, and two, when he's been on the field, hasn't been good. Yeah. So... (laughs) <laughs> so you have the Packers with seven uh, wide receivers they have kept. And people are like, all right, maybe they don't love their wide receiver room. Then you go look at the Chicago Bears who kept seven wide receivers and look at their room. And you're like, good luck, Justin Fields. Oh, by the way, G-Dub, who called in, I just found another in Keele, Wisconsin, the Badgers Den. Sounds like a place to watch a Badgers game yeah. to me. Boom. That's yeah. a place you'll get there and they won't have a TV. <laughs> it's the old bait and how, wait, switch. How are you the Badgers then and you don't have a TV to watch the Badgers? It's the old bait and switch, Rowdy. Oh, line three. Good morning. Who's this? Corey from Marshall. How you ah, doing? Corey. What's up, brother? Not too much. How you guys doing this morning? I'm ready for some football. I'm great. D- bro, I've been ready. Come on. Corey? Did you say that, that Jack Sanborn was the only guy that made a 50s roster from the Badgers? As an undrafted free agent. Oh, oh yeah. as an undrafted free agent, so some of the guys that actually got picked made rosters yeah, up? like Leo okay. Leo Schnell did. Uh, okay. Um, as an undrafted yeah. free agent. Okay. Well, I, I, I guess I misunderstood the terminology. That's why I had to call for clarification. Okay, so that's less concerning. I was like, that's the only guy that made any roster. I'm like, that would have been pretty bad. But okay, <laughs> that makes sense that it was only, he was the only undrafted free agent. Correct. And our, our guy and our and Alex Erickson unfortunately was cut yesterday too. Yeah. So hmm. former undrafted oh, free. Yeah. Well, I think the backers. I'm not too concerned with them keeping two running backs because I think they're going to use their wide receivers in a way that make them kind of like semi running backs, which maybe isn't the best idea, but that's what their plan is. So we'll see. It's almost like they probably have two and a half. I'd say because they've got Amari Rogers on there. So and they're going to probably try to sneak through that guy to the practice squad. I think. I think that's probably my guess would be their cal- their calculus was are we more concerned if we cut a wide receiver he's going to get picked up versus if we cut a running back they're going to get picked up so that would be my guess is what their thinking was yeah but I, I don't know that. what you guys think what do you, so, well, what do you think of seven wide receivers well your best player is your quarterback and he's guys to work with so that's kind of the way I look at it too you don't you think know? it's like just throwing a bunch of crap on the wall and seeing what sticks. Uh, not necessarily. Or do you kind of have to I do would, that? Yeah, I mean, it is a bit like when you draft in fantasy football. You just start drafting. When you get to that 13th to 14th round, you're just hoping that somebody that <laughs> deep sleeper picks. So I guess that could be somewhat of what they're doing, but I think they saw flashes of good play from Toure and from all the guys that they've got on their team. So yeah. I didn't think they're going to cut Sammy Watkins at all. No, so no. That doesn't no. surprise me. They're not going to cut Cobb. So, okay, so that's two guys. You're not going to cut Lazard, so that's three. So you got your three draft picks, that's six. So I guess it really isn't that surprising they kept seven because then they already kept 
The seventh guy was Amari Rogers, and he was a draft pick. The Juwan Rimfrey one actually didn't surprise me that much because I didn't think he was really coming along as much as like progression wise as they probably wanted him to mm-hmm. for because he's been there like three years now. Well, that's the thing. Right? I think he was the one that if you were going to make the cut, if it really was between Toure and Winfrey for that last spot, I think right. it's a lot more easy. It's easier to see. Winfrey passing waivers and becoming a practice squad wide receiver than I think Toure. Toure was younger, put a little bit more on tape during preseason, and Winfrey, to your point, he's been around for a little bit. It's not like he's a 21, 22-year-old kid right out of college. He's 25 years old. He's been in the league, and a lot of the tape he's put in on the the few plays he's had in the NFL, (laughs) it's not like they really wowed you at all. Exactly. It's kind of like he's that guy that's in the minor leagues where he's kind of like, uh, you know, to use that, your baseball analogy where he's getting in his mid twenties and it's like, well, if he's not kind of quite getting it by now, you never really know if he's going to be amount to like a really high end guy other than just a replacement level player once in a while for a spot start. So yes, he is Jonathan Davis. (laughs) (laughs) You can run down a lot of guys that are in the Brewers minor leagues right now. He was Logan Schaefer. He was looking correct. Tim Dillard. Tim Dillard. Well, I'm looking forward to the Badgers this weekend. <laughs> I think that'll be, uh, we got good weather for it this oh, weekend. Oh, it'll be beautiful this weekend. Be. And Taste of Madison happening, too. Going to be awesome. Well, there you go. And, Corey, well, before I let you go, uh, you made the bold proclamation, what was it, uh, last week maybe, or end of last week, that the Brewers are still going to win the division uh, after losing to the Pirates last night. Now two and a half games behind the Padres, six behind the Cardinals still. How do you feel? Probably the best optimal <laughs> prediction. That's why I'm not a gambler because I'm just not good at predicting stuff. But yeah, it's uh, it's a tough scene there. I think it's there that that uh, they really messed with that team in the middle of the season, just like they had to do something, and um, mm-hmm. it's just kind of the long road down to the end now. But we got football, and that's all I yep. really care we, about. We, like we bridged the gap. We got the football. There, they're the interlude team. Now the interlude's over. And now we get back to the show. Yep, so. Corey, you're the man. You're the man. You guys have a good day. <laughs> see, see you, buddy. <laughs> see you, Corey. Bye. Uh, much love, much love. Line two, good morning. What in the hell is going on in Keele, Wisconsin? Apparently, G Dub. Apparently, G Dub is going there because uh, his wife Jen is making him go to the, their grandma's cabin. cottage, cabin, cabin, cottage, whatever. The busty lush. Yeah, that's a, like, bar. It's a bar. Like, it's a bar, like, apparently. It's like the boozy schlong or like the crusty clam or something. You know what I mean? The, where, where do they come up with these names? I think it's after a, a long night of drinking. People all of a sudden are like, you know what would be a good bar name? A busty the Busty Lush. Lush. Yeah. It's 4.3 stars out of 5, dude. Nice. I, I'm looking at it right here. It's not bad. I mean, I suppose. I don't know. I mean, maybe you'd give it a try. I was going to call, actually, about Sanborn. I think he's going to be a stud. I think he's going to be. I think he might. End yeah, up you're a Bears being the fan. Best. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so that was nice. He's a Bears. He's from the Chicago area, anyways, too. So he's like yes, he is. hometown. <laughs> but um, you guys go. I mean, Rowdy Vellis Jones is going to. You're, you're going to. You're going to know his name by the end of the season. He already Trust knows his on name. That one. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what I'm getting at is he has not played one single snap in the NFL. And all the other guys that uh, were listed on there at best have been like fourth receivers on other teams. And those were other teams that were not necessarily saying their wide receiving core was great. 
It's a, it's basically Mooney, a lot of nobodies, and Jones, who is a rookie. Well, Mooney is going to be Mooney. We know who he is. And they're going to use Kmet. Kmet's going to come out. He's going to break out this year. He's going to have a solid, solid, solid year. They've got two good running backs, three good running backs, um, you know, that catch passes out of the backfield. So it's – the way – it's so the, – the offenses are so – they use everybody on the field. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're, they're – they're, the ball's going everywhere. It's not just – don't get me wrong. It'd be nice to have a – uh, Justin Jefferson or whatever, but or Jamar Chase, but we'll make it a year without him. You can still win games it without Mooney. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I'm very intrigued by the the Bears if they're going to get over six and a half wins. I'm very excited for for this because, um, yeah, I, I obviously I'm optimistic. Are you a believer? So uh, I, I I believe that they got. Their program installed, which they're looking for people who play fast, violent, like, you know, football. So I think they're going to be well coached. And I think they're going to, I think they're going to be sort of like Detroit last year. I've said that before. I think they're going to, they're not going to have a good record. It'll be six, seven wins. I'm saying seven, maybe eight, but they're going to be in more games than they're not. They're not going to get dominated all the time. They're going to lose a lot of games by, one score or less. You know what I'm saying? And you're just going to see violence out on the field. That's what you want. Hell yeah. You got jacked up. You got jacked. Well, you boys have a good one. Uh, Polly, much love. We'll see the busty lush later, okay? All right. Or, uh, are you are you going to the boozy dong? <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> we just got to stop because someone's going to get in trouble. The, the puckered b-hole. Yeah, the, the, the salty scrotum. <laughs> All right, we'll see you at one of those bars, okay? Hopefully, hopefully it's the busty lunch. See you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, speaking of Jack Sanborn, can you imagine a guy who is first team in any Power 5 conference not getting drafted, and yet people are amazed he made, I can't believe he he made, made a 53-man roster? Well, how about this? You guys want to take a break and talk some Badgers next? Oh, I just want to point something out from Paulie's call. Remember not too long ago, Paulie was saying Bears aren't going to be that bad. In fact, he thinks they might surprise a lot of people. He could see them winning eight, nine games that easy. That was yesterday. E- and then, <laughs> then one of the many well, times. I'm thinking about a week ago. It was, one of, the, it was one of the many times. Eight, eight, nine games easy. Then I go, would you want to make a bet over six and a half wins? And he kind of backed off a little bit. Didn't yesterday? And then he, then he said, no, I'll take it. Okay. I'll take it. So then, clearly, they have to win seven. Now he says, I think they'll win six, seven, no. maybe eight. Then you should feel but, an eight. But, you know, a week, a week or two ago, he was at the eight or nine range. Yeah. He is slowly moving that number down, but still saying he's confident in this Bears yeah. team. By week three? Yeah. Uh, I think maybe five. He's still a believer, By the start of the season, it's going to be six or seven. Well, this one's for you, buddy. <laughs> Despite your total going down, you're, you still believe. You know what I can't wait for? Saturday, Neil Diamond. Sweet Caroline, anyone? Wisconsin Badgers. So I had mentioned that they were talking about how the backup quarterback is not settled yet. And Rowdy, you'd said uh, what that makes me a little nervous. How is it supposed to be? This happened like. Well, I mean, okay, let's hear this. Within the week. Let's hear from Bobby Ingram. Here's the new offensive coordinator. You know, right now it's a competition. You know, you know those guys know it, uh, and, and they're practicing hard, and it's a great opportunity for everybody to continue to elevate their game. So, you know, right now this this undetermined. 
Uh, so we'll just kind of see how the week goes and how it progresses along. And uh, But those guys are, are, are excited about it and competing hard. I'd be excited if I was the backup guy or the third and fourth string too. But yeah, I, could, <laughs> I, go, I, I got a potential to get into the game now. I go from holding a clipboard to the chance to wear the headset yeah. or holding wearing the headset with a chance to be in the, the game. next guy in. Well, I guess for Deacon, for Deacon Hills, this point here, <laughs> I, I hope that this is just like the coach speak answer where it's like, yep, it's competition, everything's open, everything's blah, 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 kind of just to continue to make the younger players work hard and, and think they're right there. But, man, I hope they have a feel for who that backup would be, and I hope it would be. Daniel Wright would be here. <laughs> yeah, I Daniel hope Wright. it would be. Uh, Deacon Hill, be, and the reason being is he's the one that's been in the offense. He's been in that system <laughs> for more than just a couple months. You know what I mean? Yeah. And with Wolf going down, we've seen Wolf play. There's a lot more to be desired. Well, how about this? Here's Bobby Ingram on Deacon Hill. Let's take a listen. I think number one is uh, understanding what to do, you know, progressions and really turning the intensity up in practice, you know, trying to get better, play with urgency. But I think all the guys are competing hard and, and improving and it's a it's a good competitive situation it's a good competitive situation it's good you gotta turn it up a little bit in practice yeah gotta turn up I wish danny vandenboom was still here too. don't god he was here forever i know rumor is he's still walking around could be <laughs> uh but under uh, the starting quarterback uh bobby ingram was asked uh is nate tice still a backup quarterback oh remember when he put a touchdown on the board to make it eight, put up 83 points on Indiana. Wasn't he there for like a decade? He was there for like, yeah, a full five years. <laughs> Danny Vandenboom. Uh, here's a, this is labeled Ingram says they won't ask Mertz to play differently after the wolf injury. Mm-hmm. I think you have to approach the game the way you always approach it. You play yeah. the game a certain way. Why wouldn't you? You know, we probably why you would know, you? just be thoughtful of that obviously and be mindful of that in, in as much in many ways as we can but I don't think any player can go into the game you know uh, playing this game of football with any hesitation yeah. why would you if you're yeah. the starting quarterback why would you play your game differently because there's a backup quarterback I would because be like, I don't somebody even, tore their meniscus I would be like I don't even want to know you like don't even talk to me yeah you're no there's not you're no all right on Graham Mertz though um how he's improved this offseason here's more from Ingram well number one I think Graham's a worker you know, and anytime you're a consistently hard worker, you have a chance to improve. Number two, you know, just we've done a lot of stuff on the center. Uh, that's been a point of emphasis uh, this offseason. So you see improvement there, and I think that helps with your timing. Uh, and then just continuing his decision-making. You know, all of those things uh, help a quarterback be successful. All right, boys, something that we've been talking about, or they've been talking about, Merge said it uh, a couple weeks ago, and Bobby Ingram's going to talk about it in a second here. Is they're adding new wrinkles to the Wisconsin offense? Ooh. RJ Nelly, what what would those new wrinkles be? Any inkling? They're going to yep. start uh, making it look like Lamar Jackson's back there. I went. I was going to go with the opposite approach: <laughs> straight air raid. Straight just, air raid. Just air it out. Well, Bobby Ingram says Saturday against Illinois State is about winning, not about how much or how little. They show the new wrinkles of said offense. I just think we're trying to win the football game. <laughs> you know, it's week one, and, and I think as a coach, as, as our staff, we want to put our guys in position to go out and play well and make plays, you know, and just understanding, you know, what our strengths and weaknesses are. And, and to me, that's my goal. At the end of the day, uh, we want to put these guys in position to make plays, run game, pass game, pass pro, doesn't matter. Just go out and make plays and, and uh, help us win the football game. 
RJ, was it you or was it you, Nelly, who said that if we if we see we know what Wisconsin football is, if you go out there and just tote the rock the whole game and just bash down Illinois State, are people going to be upset? We don't see new wrinkles of this offense right away. Was that you saying that? I think everybody said. Or we that. all said that. Yeah. Well, I, I I get if they're I know not. This guy has Benjamin. Benjamin. Look, it look, makes morning, sense ben. if they're not going right. to come out with you know well, a brand new game. The... Sorry. That was my bad. I had the I had the, I had the mic on. I had the it mic makes on. sense if they're not going to want to show anything the first three games when they can easily hand it off and run it down the other team's throat when they have Ohio State, you know, on deck fourth. That they're not going to want to give any wrinkle away. But I would say it, it'd be a hell of a wrinkle if Wisconsin came out there five wide and started chucking it air raid. I'd be pumped. I'd be I'd be pretty stoked about that. They're saving that one for Ohio State. I mean, <laughs> last year Illinois State uh, lost the time of possession battle, uh, and their defense was not good on third downs. Uh, they they had like uh, almost twenty takeaways last year, though. So, I mean, their defense is good. They just spend like the whole game on the field. They get health. Their conditioning is good. So I think you're going to run them in, into deep I, water, Rowdy. I think you'll see a ball control. Well, lucky they're here. not playing in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Rowdy, we wanted to run Billy Blanks into deep water when we saw him. What was that Friday, Rowdy? Why did Friday. You run Billy Blanks. Well, into? I had, Billy Blanks was in studio. I saw. Believe it, it or not, on Friday. And I uh, we were setting up a line because right off the razor's edge, like who would win in a, in oh, a scrap? Yeah, yeah. Rowdy, very or cut dude Billy for Blanks. a guy turning sixty-seven this week. We yeah. thought maybe his cardio was struggling, so Rowdy would quote run him into deep water. Then he came in here. We're like, nope. Hope this dude <laughs> Sorry is. Sorry about that. This, I think everything's finely tuned on Billy Blanks. All right, so will the Badgers' offense be finely tuned against Illinois State? Does it need to be finely tuned, or he's got to hand the ball off to one of the running backs and say, "Go, go do work, go, go yeah, run." I mean. You can you can get go run like Lucy and Allen their touches in the first half, and I think you'll be okay uh, without trotting them back out there after halftime. Oh, man, then then let's see what uh, Garendo and Julius Davis can do. I forgot about the juice, right? I forgot about him. I mean, every coach he's had has put him in the doghouse. <laughs> So we'll see what a new running backs coach can do. Well, that's the thing. It's or like, if he fumbles. I, I know that Ches Malusi and Braylon Allen are going to be great. I actually anticipate Garendo and Davis to either be thrown in a doghouse or come up with an injury because that's been their entire career. Yep. Well, let's hope that's not the case. But. <laughs> like, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed is the opposite. I'm waiting. I want to see. I really just can't. Stop thinking about you know five wide receivers out there and Grant Merch just slinging around the field. Uh, those, there's always going to be a tight end out there. I know, but the, the idea is, uh, is oh, very yeah. enticing. It's intoxicating. Just slinging it around the field. Fine. We would you still consider it five wide if Kyle Pitts was your tight end? Yeah, split out. He's a tight end. That's, That's Cundiff. Cundiff is Clay practically Cundiff. Kyle Pitts. That's now. Cundiff. Cundiff said he wants we'll to be the best tight end out. in the country. We'll split him out. There you go. Bobby Ingram's adding new wrinkles. Five wide. Let's go. Wrinkles. Hey, maybe Dave from Monona has finally gotten in the ear of the uh, Wisconsin offense and offensive coordinator. He did call for some Wildcat quite a bit. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> last There's year. a new little wrinkle over the Wildcat. <laughs> We're recycling wow. the Wildcat that was recycled from like 50 years prior. That was going to happen. You're going to run the ball. Do they have a new uh, running back on? Bordelotti. Oh, Bordelotti. 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 They didn't bring in some walk-on named Ronnie Brown, did they? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's the backup quarterback position. And 
if the backup quarterbacks in, either blowing the team out or getting blown out or your season's over, when they say, in, like Bobby Ingram did, the new OC, saying that it's still undecided who the second-string quarterback is, Rowdy, you said what about it? Like it's, It kind of scares me, especially when Deacon Hill, I hope it's just coach talks, you know, saying that because they want to see both guys work hard and, you know, it's an open camp and blah, 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 blah. I hope in their mind they know who's clearly better, at least from a fan standpoint, because Deacon Hill's been in the system like all those other guys. Not for much longer than Miles Burkett. Just, all those guys. Have a year under his belt over him? Well, Miles Burkett joined early. He got here in the oh, beginning. Oh, he was early, yeah. Yeah, he came second semester last year. So he's been here. Deacon Hill's been in the program for five more months. Program or program? Uh, it depends on the day. <laughs> program. Well, he's been here longer, and he's a higher recruit. Yeah. I, like, like, that scares would, me if he's not doing well. Well, Or at least better. I mean... They're so early in their career. I, I think Wisconsin on the field will struggle if any of them have to play meaningful well, y- reps. Yes, yes. Clearly. Clear, yeah. Uh, whether it's a big deal that they didn't name one of them over the other, I don't really read into it much. On Saturday, we're going to see who the backup is. Steven Hill. When Wisconsin's up big in the third, fourth quarter, they're going to go to another quarterback. Whichever the first one out there is, is the backup. So we'll learn. It might be that thing where, you know, Wisconsin doesn't want to give a competitive advantage to the team, which I don't really it's, understand because it's not like there's much film on Hill or Burkett. Well, anyway. I mean, how competitive are you when you're backup quarterbacks out there? Uh, yeah, well, gener- it's Illinois State, generally though. not. Uh, so I don't know. I didn't read into that comment much, uh, as is the case with many of the things coming out of the Wisconsin program, because <laughs> thank you. Uh, you no, can't read into anything. I always see this. I always hear this. I should say, East Coast guys say it differently than Midwest or West Coast guys. Tournament or tournament? Tournament. Oh, that! Wow, you are the anomaly of East Coast elitist, Ben. Yeah, I always hear the East Coast wonks saying t- tournament. Well, apparently, I'm a prick. Well, you're East Coast. Well, you're East Coast. <laughs> yeah, we already knew that. Like that's. I got so much. It's like saying water's wet. By the way, I told that story on the Bill Michaels show about the airplane on Monday, and I got a lot of support. People stood by me, so. Stand with Ben. Yeah, especially when the plane lands and you want to get off. (laughs) Did Grant support you? Uh, No, Grant said he's scared of, no, Grant said. Well, Grant's scared of confrontation. confrontation. Yeah. He said he would have given up his seat in a second because he didn't want, he wouldn't want to be confronted by the, like, issue of saying no. Boy's got to start lifting some weights. Which I have, well, I don't really lift weights, but. I don't have much of a problem. Well, you told no. me you're a lover, not a fighter. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So did you, did you love that mother to, to the death then no. when he didn't give the seat up to her husband? No. <laughs> yeah, Ben's a mother lover. Might as well just pull this bandaid off here. The Milwaukee Brewers lost last night 4-2 to two to the Pittsburgh Pirates. <sighs> Colton Wong, another home run. Jason Alexander actually pitched good for the Brewers. There's another thing. Someone's got to like him. I guess I'll bear that cross. But, yeah, the Brewers had a 2-1 lead when Matt Bush took the mound in the seventh, promptly gave up a game-tying home run. And then in the eighth, Brad Boxberger walked three straight batters, including uh, one of the bases loaded for the go-ahead. And then O'Neill Cruz added some insurance with a double in the ninth. O'Neill Cruz is not great. Yeah. Oh, he can throw it 96 across the diamond. Yeah, he can hit it 460 feet when he clobbers a home run. Yeah, he's six foot seven and plays shortstop. Look at his numbers this year. They're not good. 
Look at his numbers when you take away what he has done against the Brewers. They're even worse. The guy is Babe Ruth against the Brewers and terrible below average against everybody else this year. Why on earth can't you get him out? And then on the other hand, what has happened to this bullpen? Ever since they traded Josh Hader, even though he's not in the bullpen and he hasn't pitched well, why is Matt F and Bush falling apart? Why is Boxberger not throwing strikes? Why is Devin Williams all of a sudden giving up home runs and continuing to walk people? I mean, Hobie Milner being as good as Hobie Milner was (laughs) from the start was just big thumbs up. Mm. But it's like this team just finds ways to lose. The good teams find ways to win. This team... continues to find ways to lose against the lowly pirates. What are they? One in one in four against the pirates in the last five games. It's not. Yeah, it's not embarrassing. It's not good. Hey, well, Hey, the pirates beat the Dodgers. Was it five to one in their heads up series this year? Yeah, but I guarantee you if the Dodgers (laughs) played the pirates, not in a six game little uh, series because they played six times. Pirates won five out of the six. If they played the pirates 19 times, I'd love to see where that series finishes at, uh, even down 5-1. to one. RJ just hit us with this. O'Neill Cruz versus the Brewers hitting 283 and 16 RBIs versus the rest of the majors betting 184 and 19 RBIs. So He's played 12 games against the Brewers, 45 games against the rest of MLB. What's the, the Brewers have some uncanny ability to make people just – it's either like rookie pitchers who just get a first start. They look like Cy Young. Or some guys that just are garbage, they make them look like you just suggested, Rowdy, Babe Ruth. Not great, Bob, for the Milwaukee Brewers. And now they're two and a half games back of the Padres for that wild card spot. And the Cardinals lost last night, but the Brewers couldn't capitalize, obviously. Yeah, I see obviously. Christian Yelich went 0 for 4 with two strikeouts. And I did, I did not see any Brewers media stroking him, though, about how great he's been. They'll, they'll wait till he gets a hit for that. Let's see here. Corey and Marshall gave me an interesting stat. Here we go. Corey, thanks for the stat, brother. He says, read this stat. Uh, the relievers for the Brewers have given up 15 home runs in August. It's terrible. Second only to the Chicago Scrubs at, 20, who, at 23. Who, who, by the way, the Cubs didn't have a great bullpen going into this season because if you remember correctly, they got rid of a lot of players and some of their better relievers out of the bullpen last year. Mm. Yeah, they added a few pieces. They gave people opportunities. But again, they traded like two or three guys away out of that bullpen that were some of their better arms. And what's left is what's left, and the Brewers are being mentioned with that. (laughs) That's, That's the last two trade deadlines of them trading away some of their better relievers and already not having a good bullpen. And you're being compared to that? That's not, again, not great, Bob. Not great. Uh, Brewers, though, going a little afternoon affair. Rubber match against the Pirates this afternoon. First pitch, one ten.